Welcome back to another episode of the Rosetti and Stewart podcast. I'm Justin Stewart. He's Antonio Rosetti. We're coming from you from our homes, actually. You know, stuff happens, so it is what it is. But anyways, you can find us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Tune in pretty much wherever you get your podcasts at. Antonio, how you doing today? I'm doing all right, you know. Uh, I've had some headaches throughout the week, uh, so I haven't had, like, as much focus as I've wanted to this entire week. But I'm other than that, you know, it's been good. I went to the uh, Frontier League All-Star game yesterday. Uh, that was pretty fun, you know, watch some wild things in the All-Star game. Uh, how about how about you, Justin? I've been, I've been pretty good, man. So, like, I, I kind of told you yesterday that – um. Not yesterday, but last week that my uncle we were supposed to go see my uncle down in Georgia last week. And, uh, you know, I was we're going to do the remote podcast anyway. And then, you know, my grandmother uh, comes gets stricken with COVID. So she's doing better. So that's definitely a plus. But, uh, yeah, I've been pretty much home and I couldn't work because all the shifts were taken. So I was just been chilling the past week or so at home doing absolutely nothing. So kind of sucked. But otherwise, though, like I really can't complain. So I hope she feels better, man. No, no, she does. Thank you. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyways, man, I I'm excited to do this podcast. I mean, we've been we've been hitting out it hitting at it for like a couple a months now. now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We have. Yeah, it. you can't even say weeks. I mean, we've been talking about this for quite some time, and uh, it, it's time. We're we're going through just the Pirates prospects and Pirates draft picks. Uh, Justin focused on more of the top prospects. I focused on the uh, the drafts as a whole. Um, Plan-wise, we really haven't, like, had anything special, like, planning-wise. But I think just knowing how the Pirates treat their franchise as a cluster, well, we might as well treat this as one, too. So, I mean, I've also written down some trades in the past that the Pirates have made, some that have been really good and some that have been really bad. But we will get to that. Yeah, so, I mean, if you want to start off, it really doesn't matter where we go. I mean, either or, whatever avenue we cross, it's going to be a disaster regardless. So, I mean, if you want to you want to chomp at the bits first, be my guest. I mean, do you want to start with, like, good trades first? Just start off on Yeah, if, if you want to, like, read, read off some good trades, please. Yeah, I mean. I, I'd love to hear them. I, I, I will, like, just – I'm going to – let's just start – how about we do good trades recently and then good draft picks recently – or and then, like, we'll just go right to bad draft picks recently. So, yeah, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. I tried to put words together. Uh, yeah, anyways, um, yeah. So the first one I think of is uh, – this is um controversial opinion just because it's Andrew McCutcheon. Obviously, his, reti- his number is going to be retired. But Andrew McCutcheon for – Brian Reynolds and Kyle Crick. Brian Reynolds, all-star. Right now he's batting over 260 with 50 home run, 15 home runs right now. For the Pirates, uh, Reynolds almost won Rookie of the Year a couple seasons ago, batted 314. Um, obviously, you know, McCutcheon isn't as good as he used to be, but, I mean, regardless of what he did in Pittsburgh, this was a good trade because now, you know, Reynolds, he's in that all-star uh, contention. Um, and another thing to another couple of trades I saw from at recently was um, Sean Rodriguez for Buddy Borden. Now, um, I've never really heard of Buddy Borden, 
And Sean Rodriguez ended up hitting 18 home runs for the Pirates back in 2016. He ended up he ended up being like one of those players that you really really needed in your dugout. He was a good like utility player for the Pirates during our playoff runs. Um, he got hits on and off the field, especially in the 2015 All Star game off the field. I mean not All Star game, a wild card game when he took out the Gatorade bottles and uh, yeah that was pretty wild. Uh, but anyways, uh, moving on, uh, another good trade was la- we got Lastings Millage and Joel Hanrahan for, uh, you know, Jason Burnett and Nigel Morgan. And then, you know, Hanrahan becomes a great closer. And then we trade Hanrahan and, you know, Brock Cold ends up being pretty good. But we got Mark Melanson out of the deal. Uh, we also got Ivan DeJesus, Jerry Sands, and Stolny Pimentel. But, I mean, let's get real. Mark Melanson, 51 saves the one season, uh, ended up being a really solid piece. Uh, getting Francisco Cervelli for Justin Wilson. Wilson still is a reliever today, but Cervelli gave us those years of being a solid catcher. And then another good trade recently was there's one I was thinking of in particular. Uh, oh. Uh, this one, this one's might might sound weird when I say it. Quincy Lattimore for Jenmar Gomez. Um, when people think Jenmar Gomez, obviously he's no goose gossage, but he was a solid reliever for our team during our playoff runs, or the Pirates playoff runs, I should say. And, and uh, yeah, so those are some good trades that happened recently. Uh, other than that, you know, the, there was the 2018 Chris Archer trade, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much outlined a lot of the major trades of this past decade, which I liked. I really, just looking back, especially the Mark Blanton trade, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't a fan of it at first because Brock Holt, I do recall, I think it was 2012, he got called up, and uh, he was off to a pretty good start for his major league career as well, and we already knew know uh you already know or knew that Joel Hanrahan was one of the better closers in the National League as well and you know back-to-back all-star appearances so you know wasn't a fan of it that just but like in the end though Brock Holt did make an all-star team several years later in Boston and Joel Hanrahan pitched that one year in Boston he got hurt and that was pretty much his career so the Pirates definitely won big on that one Considering the fact that Mark Melanson for that stretch there from 2013 to about 2016 was probably the best closer slash setup man in all of baseball. So pretty solid trade. Jemmar Gomez, people forget. He was actually a pretty solid spot starter as well. I, if I recall, they used him primarily for the bullpen as well. I think it was during 2013. So, you know, it was a, it was a solid trade for the, at the time. And, yeah, you know, Joel Hanrahan too, like getting in for pretty much nothing. Like, I feel like as much crap as we give the Pirates, and rightfully so, every once in a while they'll make a move where it's just like, wow, like that's that's actually a pretty good move. Like and you said, Brian Reynolds, prime example. You know, I still see people on Twitter like, oh, my gosh, I wish Andrew McCutcheon were still here and X, Y, and Z. Well, who doesn't? Like, everyone wants him. But, like, at the same time, you have to realize if McCutcheon is still here, you don't have Brian Reynolds. And Brian Reynolds, when he's right – and he's healthy, he can get you close to a six war, which is pretty elite nowadays. And he's one of the better center fielders in all of baseball, too. And he's still, like, he's just hitting his prime, like his prime years age-wise. 
So that was a, a home run deal. And like every once in a while, I'll still go back on that Twitter thread when the Pirates announced they got rid of McCutcheon. And people were like, who the hell is Brian Reynolds? Like, who's this kid? And, you know, just to see, like, where we're at four years later, it's just kind of crazy. So. Yeah, and, you know, what I was going to speak about, too, is, like, building off of that is how they pull some of these trades off and ended up actually being good. Uh, but here's the thing, where the Pirates lose usually, and obviously they got uh, they got kind of demolished in the Chris Archer trade. Um, there there would have been some bad trades out there. Um, you know, John Tudor and, you know, Brian Harper were traded for George Hendrick, who was a four-time All-Star for the St. Louis Cardinals. But Tudor and Brian, Brian Harper ended up having a 295 career batting average. Tudor had a 21 win 1985 as soon as that happened. Um, Hendrick only had, you know, I don't even think he had 70 at-bats for the Pirates. Um, and then there was just, yeah, there, there are some trades that end up, you know, not working out for the Pirates. But like I said, for the most part, for the most part, like Pirates trading usually evens itself out at least. Like the Bill Madlock trade, uh, Brian Giles for Ricardo Rincon. I mean, Brian Giles had an amazing career, play, played for uh, the Padres and the Indians as well. Um, and then Brian Giles for, for the Pirates, it was two-time All-Star, had multiple seasons with over 35 home runs. So, like I said, you know, the trades, they really aren't that aren't that bad. Marlon Bird, you know, John Buck for Dilson Herrera. Like, there was a lot of little, little trades and a lot of big trades. And uh, for the most part, they were good, and sometimes they were bad, like – you know, trading away uh, Jay Buhner for, like, Tim Foley. forgot the exact trade, but um, it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. But, you know, you win some, you lose some, you know. And the Pirates, they don't lose them all in the trades, but they do lose them all in the draft, and we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you want to go to the draft, because I feel like if we go to the draft, then we can kind of fall with prospects. That makes more sense to me. So, like, whatever yeah, you want to do. Um, how about this? Um, do you want to go from nine? Like I said, we don't have a pre pregame plan. So you guys get to watch the plan unfold in front of you. Like I said, we're going to treat it like the pirates treat their organization. So anyways, um, you got, you want to go from 90 up or go 2016 down? Cause I, I have it from 2016. Uh, do 90 up. Like, so 90, you know, 91, 92 or whatever you start, what year you start out. It doesn't really matter. Yes, yeah, so I I started um I what I started covering the drafts in '92 and then skipped a couple seasons and then yeah so yeah we let's start let's do um yeah so start with the start with Moises Alou ended up being pretty good and then just talk about '90 through '92. Yeah, so like not so much a draft, but these are like some of their top prospects and my source here was Baseball America. It's a pretty reliable source. I think they do a pretty good job uh, sifting out talent and who's going to be good and who's just, like not going to be good. But um, 1990, uh, Moise Salou, infielder slash outfielder, they dumped him in a trade. Uh, let's just say he had a pretty darn good career, borderline Hall of Fame, if you ask me. Wasn't great defensively, but the bat was solid. Uh, Willie Green, a third baseman, uh, another top prospect from 1990, kind of had a so-so career. It's kind of the theme of a lot of these Pirates players and uh, prospects. And uh, Keith Richardson, a pitcher, ended up being a bust. Really didn't pan out with the Pirates. And 
when we go to 1991, Kurt Miller, another pitcher, a bust. Uh, Carlos Garcia, a second baseman, so-so career. Mike Zimmerman, another pitcher, a bust. So, like, right there, first two years, like, I'm noticing, like, a trend with pitchers, um, a bust. Uh, Then we go to 1992. uh, We have Steve Cook, another pitcher, so-so. Kevin Young, a first baseman. He's a pretty solid prospect. He had a lot of home Uh, runs. Yeah, he did. Uh, first baseman, he was pretty solid for uh, like a four or five year stretch there, so wasn't a bad uh, bad pick. And then you know, 1993, Kevin Young's still their top rated prospect. Carlos Garcia is back in the fold as far as top prospects go. And uh, we have a newcomer, uh, Midre Cummings. He's a right fielder slash center fielder, pretty so so career. 94, let's see. Midre Cummings was the only uh, top-ranked prospect for the Pirates in 1994, and this is where we you know we start to get to 20 years of losing that whole the whole nine yards there. 1995 was Trey Beeman. He was an infielder slash right fielder, and his career was so-so. <laughs> Not a lot of good players, man. Uh, 1996, Jason Kendall, uh, really good player, all-star player. Unfortunately, had a like gruesome uh injury and that kind of derailed his uh prime years as far as catcher goes but overall solid numbers he was a 300 hitter for a catcher so you know can't complain there chad hermanson the center fielder mm. right fielder bust and then uh, <laughs> uh trey Beam- oh yeah you already know how that goes and then trey beeman from 95 as well was on this list and uh you know bust you know so so player I'm going to think I'm going to go to 2000, if you don't mind. I'll stop it yeah, after yeah. 2000. All right, cool. So 1997, the Pirates actually have seven prospects ranked in the top 100. Uh, tell me if you heard that one before. Chris Benson was their top prospect that year. Uh, he was okay pitcher. He uh, at least Chad, made the league, you know. He, he made yeah. the league, which was all right, but. Yeah, and listen, some of these guys, I didn't, I, I'm not going into great detail because like the audience, if you want to know more, more about these guys, you can look them up. It'll, it'll be a lot more information to uh, seek out. But some of these guys I've talked about so far, some of them didn't even make it to the majors at all. So that just, it just shows you like how hard it is to get here to the majors and just how hard it is to just play baseball in general. I think, I think it's the hardest sport to play personally. But um, moving on, though, Jose Guillen, he's a pretty solid player. I'll give him credit for that one. Uh, we have our big one here, our first big one, Aramis Ramirez. I can't even say his name. Aramis Ramirez. I think we kind of touched upon it a bit. But um, as far Three as worst, as far as far uh, some of the worst Pirates trades of all time, uh, he's probably number one, honestly. And I would say even more so than Chris Archer, because if you look at, at it now, Obviously, Chris Archer lasts, like, what, two years in Pittsburgh? Well, I mean, Tyler Glass now currently is sidelined with Tommy John surgery. Shane Baz has been all over the place. And then Austin Meadows, he's been hurt most of the year, too. So, while I still think the Pirates definitely lost that trade, I think that those guys, it's not set in stone that they're going to, like, dominate and, um, you know, become all-stars. Well, Meadows has been an all-star, but Tyler Glass now... I was looking at his stats today before our uh, podcast. He's not pitched a single full season. Again, he's been in the big leagues for a good five or six years now. So I, I don't want to say health is an issue, 
but it's just one of those things. He's just – it seemed like he was putting it together in Tampa Bay, and then, you know, Tommy John hit, so that, that definitely sucked. But um, continuing on, uh, 1997, the year they – Well, had I do want to mention one more thing, too, if I can add. Go for it. With the Ramos Ramirez, whenever he left the Pirates, he had 304 career home runs and three all-star appearances. Um, and then and adding on to the glass now trade, um, Austin Meadows, I will say had a incredible 2019 year, 291 with 33 home runs. But, you know, if you look at it, he's on the Tigers now and he's been dealing with injury issues right now. So, I mean, right now it, it's Shane Baz, obviously Tyler glass now went healthy. You know, I, I think he's probably uh, him and McClanahan. I think that's a scary duo, but like I said, one healthy, and yes, it was a terrible trade, but no, I agree. I mean, look at what Aramis Ramirez did for the Brewers and the Cubs, and uh, yeah, so no, 100% agree. Uh, that's fair. It's fair. Ron Wright was a first baseman. Uh, he's, he's pretty much a bust. Abraham nu- Nunez, uh, if you look at his stats, some might say he was an okay player. I just basically called him a bust, honestly. And um, Jimmy Anderson. From 1997, a pitcher, uh, he was also a bust. And so when, when I'm saying these guys are bust, like I'm not like, please, like this is like to the audience. I'm not trying to disrespect these players. They obviously worked hard. It's just that the cards weren't in the deck as far as them going pro, and some of them even succeeding. It's just how it goes. But nonetheless, they've gone a lot farther than like a lot of us can say. So I'm not like dogging on these guys. It's just you know it is what it is. So. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it's the hardest sport to go pro in, and uh, I'll I'll die on that hill. I mean, you have to get through all those levels of you know you have a you have low A, high A, double A, triple A. I mean, a lot of players make it to double, triple A, and just can't get over the hump sometimes. It, it's the toughest sport. Meanwhile, I mean, you know, so I mean, and it's a 25. It's over 25 now. It's like 26 or 27 players. I should know that. But uh, like 26, 27 player roster. But if you look at how many people are in the affiliation, how many people you have to jump to get on that 27 person roster, it's it's tough. It's tough. No, it is. And, and there's a player later on around 2012, 2013 that was highly touted, and he never uh, made made it to the uh, Pirates uh, roster. So we'll get to that just a little bit, a little bit later though. But I do want to finish this uh, decade off. So 1998, Aramis Ramirez, Chris Benson, Chad Hermanson, Abraham Nunez, guys we've mentioned before, and a newcomer, uh, Jeff Wallace, the pitcher, uh, pretty much the same thing. It just didn't work out, and he, you know, didn't last very long. Then finally, 1999, uh, Chad Hermanson and Chris Benson were the top prospects. Pretty much all the guys I mentioned beforehand were either off the team got traded, or they're officially a pirate now. And the only newcomer was Warren Morris, who ended up having a pretty okay career, but it was nothing to write home about. So those are the Pirates' top prospects in the 1990s. And, uh, yeah, a lot of bust, meh, and, like, two or three good players. And those guys I mentioned, uh, what, Jason Kendall, Kevin Young, and Moise Salou were probably the three best players. You, you want to know so. you want to know who would have been cool to put onto that top prospect list? Who? No Mark Garcia Para, because 
1994, the Pirates took Mark Ferris right before, in order, in order, no more Garcia Parra, Paul Canerco, and Jason Veritek. So, oh, boy. That's, uh, oh, boy. That's tough. That's real tough. Mark Ferris, you know, I know how much better you are at me at baseball, but that was just a bad – it was a – it was a bad pick, and um, but anyways, I, I do wanna I do wanna talk a little bit about um, you know, you mentioned JJ Davis at the end. Uh, he was taken before Michael Kadire and John Garland. Uh, Kadire ended up having a very solid baseball career. I mean, he played for the Rockies, the Twins, the Mets, and then uh, there was other teams probably in there too. That uh, please look it up. Feel free, fact check me. Uh, you know, a lot of these players that they passed up on, I could have a whole podcast about them, so I, I don't want to extend this too long. Uh, and they also, Lance Berkman ended up going 16th and Jason Worth. I don't say they passed up on them just because they weren't, like, directly after. You know, usually, like, if it's, like, three or four picks after, that's when I, you know, go into that. And then I do, um, since we were talking about late 90s prospects, I do want to talk a little bit about, like, the 1998 and the 1999 draft. Uh, it's obvious that this Pirates team wasn't used to drafting because, in, you know, from the late 80s, early 90s, the Pirates were a powerhouse. Or not so much a powerhouse, but they had, like, a championship-caliber team with Barry Bonds, Benia, Vance Lake in the outfield. I mean, you had Doug Drayback pitching. Uh, you could go on and on about their roster. Uh, I just named four of their main players. Um, so, yeah, I mean – and then whenever they have to rebuild, all of a sudden they're showing that, hey, you know, we kind of forgot how to build a team up. And, uh, yeah, so 1998, I'll go right to it. Uh, Clint Johnson was taken right before Kip Wells, uh, Brad Lidge, and then CC Sabathia, who was 20th, and then Matt Thornton. So um, CC Sabathia, I mean, oh. you could argue that he, he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. I mean, he's had – an amazing career, uh, played for the Yankees, Brewers, uh, Cleveland Indians, too. Uh, I think he won a Cy Young, too, if I'm not mistaken. I, uh, could be. I, have to, I don't think he did. I don't think he did either, but I – But he, I he know was he, certainly in the running, though. It's, yeah, he was in the running pretty much a lot of the years, though. So Yeah. Well, while you're looking that up, I'll also say that Bobby Bradley was taken before Barry Zito and Ben Sheets who were uh, right at, literally right after him, uh, and Alex Rios was also taken. So, yeah, and then going into – then I, I might as well go into 2001 as well. Um, John Van Benskoten was taken, uh, was a phenomenal hitter in college, uh, was a first baseman but could also pitch. They tried to turn him into a pitcher and – you know, ended up not working out, but I'm not going to go too hard on that one just because that draft wasn't so good of a draft. All right, yeah, so you, you were right, though. CC he won a Cy Young in 2008, or it might have been 2007. Cleveland, right? Wait, let me double check. It was 2007. Yeah, he went 19-7 and with a 3.2 ERA. He pitched over 241 innings. Like, that is unheard of in today's game. I think and him and Cliff Lee went back-to-back years. I think so. Cliff Lee, really? Yeah, I think Cliff Lee won one with – because he was on the uh, Cleveland, too. Let me see that, actually. 
Yeah, he did. He did want to sit Cy Young, uh, Cliff Lee. Mm-hmm. It was 2008. Yeah. Yeah, back. Yeah, back to back. I thought yeah, so. Won. I remember yeah. because um, Cleveland had those back to back Cy Youngs. Anyway, yeah. speaking of Cleveland, I mean, they also had Corey Kluber win two Cy Youngs. I think in 2014 and 17, and then Shane Bieber wins in 2020. So yeah, I mean, that's that's Cy Central, I guess you could say lately. Listen, Cleveland, they, they have a pretty good track record of developing solid pitchers. I mean, you just mentioned Sabathia, Cliff Lee, uh, you know, Corey Kluber, Shane Bieber, like you mentioned. Uh, Even like Carlos, Carlos Carrasco. Carrasco. Oh, you're saying at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trevor Bauer. Um, anyways, uh, Mike, I, just, I just had to throw Clevenger, that too. Mike, Clevenger, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know he's hurt a lot, yeah. but. No, when, he, when I he's. I think uh, he's, uh, Zach Pleasard's going to be good, too. Yeah, he he definitely has promise. So does uh Tristan McKenzie as well. So mm-hmm. like I, I like McKenzie as well. So I've already uh, liked seeing how much he's matured since last year. So no, for I sure. Think it's only up from here. But uh, you talk about CC Sabathia. It's actually his birthday today. I think he turns oh, forty. Sick. Yeah, yeah. I didn't so, know that. Like shout out CC Sabathia. Happy birthday. CC Sabathia. I have um I want to say Yankees game back in the 2015 against the Phillies, and uh, I have. A life-size poster of CC Zabathia, six seven. Um, maybe one day the podcast will see it if I'm remote again. So yeah, it's it's pretty uh, sick. N- knowing you, we'll definitely be remote here pretty soon. I, I I'll, I'll put house money on it. So hey, this one was easier to remote. I mean, we you know so listen. No, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying like like I'll I'll bet we'll we'll do we'll definitely do another remote episode. Like that's that's oh yeah, I'll give it for sure so. yeah. <laughs> But yeah. um, uh, what we were like, what we were talking about before Sabathia, it was um about the draft, the guys they missed out on. Yeah, so they missed out on Barry Zito and Ben Sheets too, who went okay, nine yeah, and yeah. after Bobby Bradley. And I'm not talking about Bobby Bradley from uh from the Indians. Uh, Bobby Bradley, a different Bobby Bradley, you probably aren't too familiar with. So. Uh, I mean, probably not. Mm-hmm. And not and, and just no offense to this Bobby Bradley, but Barry Zito ended up having and Ben Sheets ended up being um real good pitchers. So yeah, I mean I, I'd have to agree honestly. Uh, oh, so that's another thing I, I forgot. So when I mentioned um the guys I thought were the best Pirates in the nineties, I forgot to include Aramis Maria, Aramis Ramirez. So I apologize for that. He's definitely better than um. Those guys I mentioned, he's probably the, be- the best player. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to throw that out there. It's totally random, but it just popped up in my head that I forgot to mention uh, Ramirez's name too. So I apologize. So yeah, and uh, if you want to keep, if you have your prospect list, you want to keep going from uh, 2001. How about we go from 2001 to 2008, and then we'll go from 08 to 16, and then we'll try that out. Yeah. Yeah, so what you said, 2000, 2008, that's what you said? Yeah. All right, all right, bet, bet, all right. So 2000, dawn of a new era, you know, PMT Park opens in 2001. Uh, Pirates, you know, trying, they're selling this notion, we're trying to win, we're trying to win. And, you know, as usual, it falls flat. They so built a home with a thousand losses. That too. <laughs> 2000. <laughs> Chad Hermanson, still on the top prospects list. J.J. Davis, right fielder, uh, bust. 2001, Bobby Bradley, you just mentioned it. Pitcher, bust. 
J.R. House, a catcher, bust. Oh, you'll you'll love this one. Uh, we're going to 2002 here. J.R. House is still the top prospect. He's a catcher. And John Van Beschotten. I think I just watched his last name. Yeah, Ben Scott. Ben Scott. Okay, yes. He was a pitcher. Bust. Wait, so I was reading earlier. He went to Kent State with Ben Scott. Okay. It might have been Ben Scott or someone else, but they drafted a, a guy who like led the all of college baseball in home runs. And then they like converted him to a pitcher. It was John, it was him. Yeah, he was. Yeah, the first that's why I thought it was him. He was the first so, baseman, and then he ended up pitching like a season or two. He never pitched a full season. Got absolutely so, wrecked. Yeah. And it's not his fault. The dude's a first. He's a he was a first baseman who should have played first base. I mean, he was. So, I thought he, I thought he would have panned out. In all honesty. So you have a guy that has that kind of power, and rather than use him to where his strengths are, you make him a pitcher. Like, come on, dude. Like, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, and who the Pirates possibly have in 2002 that was better, that could have been better at first baseman? Was Kevin Young still on the team? I don't think he so. Was, he was. He I was. think he was. I think he was until, like, I want to say, like, 2003, 2004. Okay. He played a long time for Pittsburgh. But even then, like, I, I just don't like that. That's just so stupid. It, it's, still, people, it's still bad regardless. Like that. That's why, and people wonder why the pirates get made fun of all the time. Like it's just stuff like that. That's what I'm talking about. But um, yeah. Let's just say yeah, Kevin big, Young played until 2003. By the way, I just looked it up. So it would have been it would have been Ben Scott would have been right in time to take over. So. Oh yeah. So did Kevin Young retire in 2003, or did he leave the Pirates in 2003? Both. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah, after 2002, uh, 2003, yeah, we have Ben Scott, like we mentioned. Sean Burnett, actually. Pretty decent career after he left Pittsburgh. A solid option in the bullpen for the Nationals. He was, he was all right. Another player, I know you you know this guy I'm about to say, Brian Bullington. Oh, boy. Oh. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> No, yeah, let's just say. I'm sorry, I just I couldn't help but just decide that one. Yeah, I f- I feel you, dude. And uh, Jose Castillo was the second baseman for the Pirates farm system, and uh, he had an okay career, but nothing special. Also, 2004, same guys: Ben Scotton, Sean Burnett, Brian Bullington. But we have a newcomer on this list, someone who will actually be good in a Pirates uniform, albeit for a very short time. None other than the legend himself, Jason Bay. Yeah. And then he ended up getting traded for uh, Brandon Moss. Bad Brandon Moss, not good Brandon Moss. Yes, and they're, now, they're, they're two different players, yes. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's bad Brandon Moss who played for the Pirates, and there's great Brandon Moss who played for the Royals, the Athletics, and the Cardinals. He actually was an all-star, too. And we got Craig Hansen out of that, so not that good of a deal. Oh, boy. <laughs> 2005, uh, some of the guys that became synonymous with the uh, breaking the curse of losing seasons will, will start to pop up here. Neil Walker, the second baseman, he was, he was actually drafted as a catcher. He had a pretty solid career in Pittsburgh. And Zach Duke, although he wasn't a member of the of those three playoff teams, I think he started out as a starter, was kind of rough, converted him into the bullpen, made an all-star team, uh, if I'm correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
For which, which player? Uh, Zach Duke. He started out as a starter, and then he became like a closer. He made the all-star team. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure. Let me, let me check real quick. I think he did. I think you're right about that. Yeah, he made the all-star team. Yep, he okay, made yeah. it in uh, 2009. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He, he had a good two. He, um, he finished with a 4.06 ERA, and uh, I remember 2009 though. I think before the all-star break, he, his ERA was like under three. It was like he actually was real solid that year. I don't know if it was that same year as 2010, but I do remember Evan and Meek making the all-star team, too. <laughs> yeah. His year, dude's year was, like, under one when he made it, too. He was absolutely insane for that year. Yeah. Uh, interesting. But uh, nonetheless, we go to 2006. Neil Walker, still their top prospect, second base. We have a, a newcomer. He's actually an infielder, but... Every hardcore Pirates fan will eventually know him as the center fielder in the face of the franchise. Andrew McCutcheon is on this list in 2006. Let's go. We all know how his career turned out. It was pretty good. Some might say great with the Pirates, won an MVP. The whole nine yards, we get it. And then to finish off that list, 2006, the very promising but yet unfulfilling legacy, Tom Gorzolotti, very um, disappointing career in Pittsburgh. Went to a few other stops, Milwaukee being the most notable. Uh, kind of had an okay stint there in the bullpen slash starters role, but just never really panned out at the front of the rotation starter. So, you know. Yeah. And then 2000 – oh, you about to say something? Oh, no, go ahead. All right, yeah, cool. So 2007, uh, McCutcheon's still the top prospect. Neil Walker's also in there as well. We also have another newcomer. One that I'm sure if you touch me, we'll touch upon it with your uh, draft picks. Brad Lincoln. Brad Lincoln. We'll get to him. Uh, yeah, that's all I'll say about Brad Lincoln. <laughs> but uh, to round to round it out, though, 2008, uh, once again, McCutcheon, Walker, on the doorsteps of becoming major leaguers, still their top two prospects, and also even outfielder who, like Brandon Moss, had a very good – had a very bad stretch of baseball, and then he ended up redeeming himself later on in his career. None other than Steve Pierce. Steve, hey, 2018 World Series MVP. MVP. Yeah. yeah. He ended up having a good career, which was yeah, good did. for him. Speaking of Steve Pierce, though, I did meet Steve Pierce and Garrett Jones instead of a pirate game back in 2009. Yeah, 2009. Oh, oh word. Word. Or 2009, it was the year um that the Reds, they were in town. They saw Scott Rowan, and um they still – I mean, jo- Joey Votto was young in his career. Yeah, it was right after that the Pirates lost. Like usual, anytime they play the Reds, they usually lose. Um, so, yeah, unless it's the wild card game because the Reds are always good for a good choke job late in the season. So, yeah, but you can keep going with your prospect list. Oh, no, I thought you said 2008 and uh, stop. What's that? You were no, I thought you thought you said um, 2008 and stop. We were gonna go back to the draft, cover the draft. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So well, from like 2000, I guess for you 2000 2008, like the draft. Yeah. Yeah. My fault. I forgot we left that on 08. No, you're good, bro. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Brian Bullington, 2002. We talked about him already. Taken right before B.J. Upton. Um, I think 
it, the thing about it is just like the amount of talent that ended up being in this first round. You had BJ Upton, who was second, obviously. I mean, he had a good career. Uh, could have been better, but you know, still at least was in the league for a while. Um, you had Zach Ranky, who went sixth. Oh uh, yeah, everyone knows Zach Ranky, still in the league. You had Prince Fielder seventh, Scott Casimir fifteenth. Uh, you even had, I mean, you had Nick Swisher sixteenth, Cole Hamill seventeenth. Yeah. Uh, that that was that that just a lot of talent in that draft, and uh, they really they really missed the mark, I guess you could say, with that one. Um, going into 2002. Okay. Uh, 2003, you have Paul Mahalam. I really don't think this one's a bust. I think he actually had a pretty decent career. Uh, he was also good for Atlanta too. Uh, I don't want to say great. But I don't want to say bad either. I mean, he was at least um, – I think he was a three or four guy his whole career. Um, he never really had a dreadful season. I will say this. I mean, there was no one really after him. I mean, Aaron Hill ended up being an all-star for the Diamondbacks. He was a couple picks after him. But, I mean, it's not like a big separation. Uh, and then there was Chad Billingsley, but he was later in the draft. He was in the first round, but late first round. So that's one of those things where I don't really count it as passing up on him just because he wasn't taken after that. Um, and then 2004, Neil Walker was a good pick. I understand he was taken right before Jared Weaver. But honestly, I'm a huge fan of Neil Walker. I think he had a really good career. Silver Slugger. Uh, and then 2005, that one's Andrew McCutcheon. So, I mean, as you can see right here, we're about to have some re- – like there are some really bad picks – but at the same time, I don't think it's as bad as how the 90s players turned out. Um, I think that's why they had all those seasons straight without making the playoffs or having a winning record 21 years. So, um, But to keep going, 2006, this one I think might be the worst one. You had uh, Brad Lincoln and then uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon Morrow, who ended up being – I actually think he ended up being a good closer for the Cubs. was a solid starter. Andrew Miller after him, and then Clayton Kershaw. Ooh. Yeah, good. so Brad Lincoln was three picks ahead of Clayton Kershaw. And um, I think what makes it even worse is just the, pro- the probability of the Pirates messing up was very low, and they found a way to because – uh, two of the other better prospects in the draft. This was a very pitcher-heavy draft. There's Moro, Miller, Kershaw were in it. Tim Winsicum goes 10th. Max Scherzer goes 11th. So Brad Lincoln was taken over. Brandon Moro, Andrew Miller, Clayton Kershaw, who was a Cy Young. Tim Winsicum, Cy Young. Max Scherzer, Cy Young. So, yeah, honestly, I want to attack the Pirates just like you're attacking a fly right now. And, um, yeah, so, dude, like, this was such a – I mean, I will say this about Brad Lincoln, though. Yes, he was a bad draft pick, but it ended. he ended up being a good piece and a good trade to get Travis Snyder. So I, I guess that's one light side to look at it. Um, and then after you tell the, your, your thought on the trade, I could do 07, 08, and then we could transition from your 09 to 2016 prospects. Oh. Uh, Brad Lincoln, Travis Snyder trade. So I think it was a even trade as far as talent and uh, production goes. But I think Travis Snyder 
2013, Travis Snyder was was a pretty solid role player. Listen, he he was actually going through the prospect list. He was actually highly regarded, Travis Snyder. Like I'm talking top 20 prospect in all of baseball. Like he had the tools, but excuse me. Oh boy, for some reason it just never panned out, and uh, I just couldn't put it all together and become like a star. But nonetheless, though, uh, tw- he actually I think he helped 2013. Uh, same with Gabby Sanchez. I know I'm going a, a little bit off topic there, but those those two guys, they really didn't play a part in 2014 or 2015 really as much, but they were definitely, you know, part of the 2013 team. So I think they do deserve credit in that right. And then, like, Brad Lincoln pretty much after he went to Toronto, like, just didn't really, like, do anything crazy, and he just kind of retired unceremoniously. So, you know, it was an okay trade for both teams, I guess. Yeah, and uh, I do want to continue going into um, 2007 now. Right, and cool. uh, wait, wait, Dan- can, I do the, can I do the Kershaw thing real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All right, cool. So I'm on uh, Rum Bunter, and uh, it was basically what it's talking about was that a lot of scouts and uh, the front office they were enamored with Clayton Kershaw, and um, if I could see, yeah, pretty much it was nothing like crazy but um so the story goes the pirates loved what they saw from kershaw and you know obviously he was the top pitching prospect and um pirate scouts loved his upside and um they were actually in agreement that he should be the pick yeah kershaw had a pitching event and they sent out uh dave littlefield uh who was their uh general manager at the time if i if i'm not mistaken and um, the weather conditions were actually pretty rough. So when Kershaw pitched, uh, he didn't have his best game. So pretty much, in summary, the Pirates passed on Clayton Kershaw, who's a future first ballot Hall of Famer, mind you, over one bad game. So there you have it. It's like all these fans are Kenny Pickett because he didn't feel good the one time. Oh, <laughs> it really is, That's... man. Oh, man. Not taking Clayton Kershaw because of a One game. bad game. And it, and, and it was like, and it was a game that probably wasn't didn't have like as much meaning either. No, like, it did. So it's like, you want to see how they do in a game, not practice, not practice. We're not talking about practice. We're talking about a game. All right, Allen Iverson. We talking about practice. All right. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Someone who was good outside of practice and good in college was Clemson prospect Daniel Moskos. Oh, God. He was taken in 2007, but Daniel Moskos uh, bust. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's all I got to say. He was taken right before Matt Wieters, which honestly, that. I mean, Matt Wieters was a great catcher, all-star catcher, um, and, you know, was one of the better catchers in the AL for quite some time. Wasn't the – I mean, Joe Maurer obviously ran the gauntlet, but he was up there at least. Um, nope. he, honestly, the, I mean, Ma- Mad Bum won 10th, so they could have had Mad Bum. He would have been the better lefty option, I think so anyway. Uh, and then there was another – there was another left-hander too, I mean – this honestly, if they would have just taken Ross Detweiler over Daniel Moskos, at least Detweiler, he's still in the league today. So 
That's um, true. That, Detweiler went sixth. I mean, he went ahead of Mad Bum, which shouldn't have been the case. But, I mean, so, Detweiler at least had some good seasons with Washington when they had Jordan Zimmerman and uh, and Steven Strasburg. And then 2008, I think they did a pretty good job getting Pedro Alvarez. He, he did his time here, had a good career here, uh, had 36 home runs the one season, crap ton of RBIs. Uh, granted, he was taken ahead of, like, Buster Posey. Um, but you know, that, that, that's just tough luck. I, at least Alvarez produced and then Eric Hosmer too. He was taken ahead of, I think Hosmer's a better fielder. Um, I think he's a better contact guy, but honestly, all in all, Pedro Alvarez, great out of Vanderbilt, played with David Price. Good fun fact there. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to knock that pick. I think Pedro Alvarez had a good career here. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's just it's tough to say with Pedro because I liked Pedro a lot, but Buster Posey, man, that's that's it's a Hall tough. of Famer. He won the MVP it too, and, and I, batting I, title and a lot of uh, World Series. World Series yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm just gonna hard on. I, here's the thing: I can't be hard on on this pick because of how many times they've had a player who hasn't even played a couple seasons. At least, at least Alvarez had 36 home runs the one year, and we're on yeah, our playoff. Listen, that is true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you think about Pedro Alvarez's career, like I kind of like, I'm kind of disappointed in a sense because like he had the tools to be like a, a 30 home run guy, driving 100 runs every year, but he just never, like, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a mental thing, but he just never like. Like put it all together, and like 2013 was the closest we saw to like what Pedro Alvarez could be. If like I don't want to say inner demons because I don't I don't I don't know Pedro personally, but just from afar, defensively, uh, you know 2014 it was rough. Uh, ended up moving to first base, wasn't much better. Uh. He could be a very good fielder, like, at times. So I don't want to, like, make that misconception. But it was just, like, he, like when he threw the ball, like, it would, like, go in the stands and stuff, bro. So it was just, like. Yeah. And then, like, one day he does that. Then he strikes out four times. And then the next day he has, like, two home runs and, like, six RBIs. So you just never know, like, what day, what kind of page of you got. Like, overall. Well, 2013, 2013, he led in home runs and strikeouts. So, listen, that, I think Pedro, Pedro, if Pedro Alvarez played in like today's game, with how strikeouts are like way up, and batting average isn't as emphasized as it, as it used to be, he if he played as a DH, people would have more appreciation for Pedro, in my opinion. Like, just forget Pirates fans, just all across baseball. If you look at his numbers, 235, uh, 233, I, w- I won't believe that's what he batted in 2013. 36 home runs, 100 RBIs. People would look at that and say, wow, man, that's a heck of a season. Like, But back then it was like, oh, well, the 36 and 100, that's great. But you're making all these errors and you're striking out a lot and you're also batting 230. So it's just – one of those things, I think he was a little bit ahead of his time, Pedro Alvarez goes, but I mean, 
listen, he was a big part in the playoff run, so I, I can't like get on him too much. So and even in twenty fifteen, like two forty three with twenty seven homers, like in today's game, like Oh yeah, that's that's useful in today's game for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pedro Alvarez, like that's why I'm not gonna be as hard on him as I mean, he had back to back thirty home run seasons. He was just incredibly inconsistent, I feel. But other than that, like like I said, he did his time, was on all three playoff teams, an all-star, won a Silver Slugger award. I mean, uh, no Buster Posey, but even if the Pirates drafted Buster Posey, 2009 the Pirates tried to draft a Buster Posey catcher. I- I'll talk about him a little bit more as soon as we get into the top prospects, though. Are you sure? It was, I think it was 2010 you're talking about the draft. The what, what's Nuno Sanchez? Yeah, I think it was 2010, not 20, 2009. Was he two thousand? He may have been. He may have been yeah. two thousand. I think he was. I keep. I, I keep. I keep be wrong. He might have been two thousand nine, but I could have sworn he was. Well, no, he was. He was. No, 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 no. Because Tyon no. was ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tyon was ten. Okay. I, I, thank you for reminding me. I forgot about that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I can go back to my top prospects. So uh, what are we doing? 2016? Yeah. All the way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I have up. You could do all the way up to what you have though. Yeah, I, I have up to two thousand twenty-two actually this year. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, good. All right, yeah. I'll I'll go for it. Hold on a sec. All right, yeah, so 2009, you mentioned it. They drafted Pedro Alvarez in 2008, and now he's officially their top prospect for the Pirates. And we just talked about Pedro. Very inconsistent and frustrating career, but he also had some good moments, you know, making the All-Star team and being a bit, big part of his playoff teams. McCutcheon, we already mentioned. Another newcomer, though. Jose Tabata, the right fielder slash infielder, and um, pretty mixed bag. Some might call him a bust, but, you know, I thought he had a so-so career with the Pirates. It's my opinion. 2010, Pedro Alvarez. We already talked about him. Tony Sanchez. Uh, That's the, uh, the buster pose that we were looking for. Uh, uh, a bust. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah. Uh, 2011, another newcomer, two of them actually, Jameson Tallon, who I, I've i never seen anyone have so, 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 that was weird. I've never had seen someone have so much bad luck in their career than Jameson Tylon. Like that, that's the best yeah. I could describe him and how his career has turned out. Like credit to him. He's still pitching and he's actually pitched relatively well this year for the Yankees, but I mean, what if, man, if, like, two Tommy John surgeries, cancer, I mean, it was just, like, every time he was on the cusp of making the Pirates roster, something always happened, and, you know, he didn't end 2011, this is what I'm talking about, you know, didn't make the team until 2016, so just, like, very frustrating, very long journey to the big leagues for uh, James Tallon. But I'm glad to see him thriving in New York, you know, with the Yankees. So, you know, he's been he's been a good pitcher when healthy. So I can't, I can't mm-hmm. call him a bust. The other prospects, um, Stetson Alley. He was actually a two-way player. He was a pitcher. could play right fielder. Uh, could play right field, excuse me. And also he could play first base. He was a bust. So yeah. really nothing much to say he's about him. He was supposed to be really good. He was. He was. I, I thought he was going to be good, but. Yeah, just something there just didn't work out. I don't know. But 2012, Garrett Cole, um, 
we don't need to say too much about him. One of the best pitchers in all of baseball now. Uh, too bad it's not with the Pirates, though, but hey, whatever. When, when you're aging Scott Boris, you pretty much have no shot. Oh, it's raining. Damn. Uh, anyway, sorry about that. Um, when you're aging Scott Boris, you pretty much have no shot to be in Pittsburgh long term. So that, that's just how it is. Josh Bell, also 2012, makes this list. Pretty good player, if you ask me. And Stowing Morte, uh, first time on this list as well. We all know pretty solid players well. So, once again, a big part of those playoff teams, Morte and Josh Bell, you know, did his thing in 2019 as well. And is also having another career year in uh, D.C. And um, side note, the fact that he didn't make the All-Star game was an absolute farce. That's just my opinion. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Which player again? Josh Bell. Yeah, he should have made it. I mean, he's batting three, like 307, I think, or something. I think he's batting like 315 last time yeah, I Yeah, he's absolutely killing And then, okay, I will say this. My boy Ty France actually made the game, though. It took him like 15 replacements for him to finally get like selected. Like It was just weird. so silly. And then, like, another, there was another player. Was, yeah, Josh Bell. I mean, Brian Reynolds, Charlie Blackman. Like... There's players out there that that have just got snubbed this year, and it's just it's a shame. Even uh, Dylan Cease, the pitcher for the White Sox, he has like a sub 2.2 ERA. Didn't even make the All Star team. How is that even possible? It's because they they take a player from each team, and then you like the Tigers, for example. Like Gregory Soto is gonna make the All Star game two years in a row, but. Like most people don't even know who Gregory Soto is, and like well, yeah, he's a great he's a great reliever, a good reliever, but like Dylan Cease should have that spot over him. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that, that's kind of the issue. So CJ Crone as well, he was like the I think the, the Rockies only All Star, and like I understand like doing that because you you want to have every team represented in some form or fashion, but sometimes guys like Gregory Soto, like you just mentioned. Those players come at the expense of guys that actually should be on the roster. So I understand both sides, but that's, you know, just Josh Bell. Like, I've never, it's very rare you see someone hit over 300, have an OPS like close to 900, has a war, a three and a half war, and then not make it. That's just weird. So I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, I no, I, I'm in uh, I'm in agreement with that. Yeah, I mean Josh Bell, you know, getting Garrett Cole and Josh Bell on a draft period is just imagine if we still had them right now. I will say that that was a pretty good draft for the Pirates, 2011. That was a really uh, good draft. Josh Bell and Garrett Cole, their top two picks. And then they but, went uh, right back to usual in 2012. We'll oh well. Yeah, well. Uh, tw- okay, so 2013, Garrett Cole was their top prospect. Jameson Tylon, we got we and you know top two pitching prospects and their top best two prospects overall if you ask me. Then we have another guy, this guy, another guy, two of them actually that were highly touted, that were supposed to be centerpieces for the next Pirates wave after 2013, 2014, 2015. Gregory Polanco and uh, Alan Hansen. Uh, once again, yeah. uh, two guys uh, that didn't really work out. Uh, Polanco, he had two decent years offensively, but he was just ridiculously a liability in, 
on defense. But we all knew he had a cannon of an arm. Like Polanco, if Polanco is right, he's no slouch. Like I people, like I want to remind people of that. Like he was at one point a top ten prospect in all of baseball. So he had the tools. Yeah. He had the tools to become like something really special. And it just, it was just like he was on Sports Center, not top ten more often than he was on sports center top 10. So that's pretty much all you need to know about Gregory Polanco. And that, that's just unfortunate to me, honestly. And I, I think, um, I think defensively though, he gets a bad, uh, a bad name for himself. Cause I, his, um, his stats defensively weren't terrible. He had a point nine eight one fielding percentage, which I mean, it isn't like incredible, but you know, I just think he gets like, a bad rap with that. And another thing too, was the whole shoulder injury too, at the end of 2018, that just, that destroyed him. And then when he did come back, I, w- I will say this though, like, I-, I still don't think he's like, he had, he had a couple good years, but he, it's just sad because you have to ca- categorize him as a player that didn't pan out just because of the tools he had. And, like, yeah, like, if he were just, like, someone you never heard of and had, like, a year where he did hit the one year where he had 22 home runs, the other year he had 23, then you're like, oh, okay, he's not a bad player. But, you know, just just based off of his his, his skill set, he should have been a lot better. No, for sure. And uh, Alan Hansen, I mentioned, he, he was up here. I think he played, what, one year for the Pirates? And, like, he didn't last very long. So, forget lasting for the Pirates. He didn't even last long for uh, in Major League Baseball. I think he lasted two or three years, and he was done after that. So, just like very disappointing. And here's the he other guy. He's good in the minor too. leagues too. Yeah, here's the other guy though, the pitcher that I was I talked about earlier about how he was highly touted, had all the tools in the world, but never even made it to the, the 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 Pirates roster. Uh, Luis Heredio. Mm-hmm. Uh, never made to the Pirates roster, and um, he was actually pretty good in the minors, but, like, no, let's scratch that. I don't think he was very good. I, th- I think I'm talking about someone else. But um, he had, the, he, had the, he had the stuff, but he never put it together. And, like, he was very young here. So he was, like, 18, I think, in 2013. So he's still relatively young now. And I mm-hmm. do believe – I'm not sure if he's still in the minors somewhere – I know it's not with the Pirates anymore, but once again, though, like another guy, like he has to be a bust, though, because he never made it to the big leagues. And that's mm-hmm. unfortunate to say, but that's just reality. So, you know, Polanco, Hanson, Heredio, those three guys really didn't pan out. Uh, you know, sucks, but that's just part of baseball. And uh, 2014, though, the Pirates have seven prospects on the top 100 list. Polanco, Tyon. Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows, Nick Kingham, Alan Hansen, of course, Reese McGuire. And, um, you know, overall this year, uh, Glass now, I talked about it earlier, here in Pittsburgh, it was like up and down. Kind of like what we're seeing with Mitch Keller now. Honestly, it was like that. And, you know, Austin Meadows, they had him for a hot minute, got off to a hot start. I remember watching all those games. He was you know, hit the ball. They tried to him. Uh, Nick Kingham uh, just never really worked out in the big leagues. Hanson we talked about. And then uh, Reese McGuire, they tried to him. 
that trade to me, that was the definition of a salary dump. So the Pirates that year, it was 2016. They got rid of Francisco Liriano, um, who at that point kind of reached his point of being a productive major league pitcher, a starter especially. And I do remember that trade and people not being happy about that because they threw in Reese McGuire and a guy named Harold Ramirez, who I'll actually get to a little bit later. He's actually uh, in the big leagues, believe it or not, Harold Ramirez. But they got back last year. Miami this year. Yep. Yeah. They got back uh, Drew Hutchinson. And um, if you know anything about Drew Hutchinson, he's kind of been, he was like a so-so pitcher. Didn't really help the Pirates long term. So to me, that just screamed salary dump. And that was one of the first times I thought to myself, like, as a Pirates fan during this time period of, wow, man, they really don't seem to be interested in winning. Like, that's why that's the first impression I got. So, and, you yeah. know, it is what it is, I guess. But um, 2015, though, Glassnell, Tyler, Meadows, Bell, Reese McGuire, kind of already went over those guys' uh, careers so far, the Pirates. 2016, here it is, Harold Ramirez. He's a new newbie on this list. And uh, Harold Ramirez right now is with Tampa Bay. Hit a walk-off walk off single against the Pirates earlier this year for Tampa. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's also hitting over 300, and he's pretty much played every game so far. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, he was he good for Cleveland. He had a good season for Cleveland. He was solid for Miami. I mean, you threw him away for Drew Hutchinson. Like that, that's all he, I'm saying. He is a type of prospect that they don't want. You know what I mean? Like even even like small trades like trading Jordan Luplo and Max Moore off for Eric Gonzalez. Like Luplo ended up having, I know his average is consistently down, but he had a solid season a couple years ago for Cleveland. I mean he'll he'll at least put some he'll at least drive in some runs, you know, some home runs and stuff. I mean, but I mean better, we, we talk. What's uh, sorry. Better than Eric Gonzalez is what I would say. I mean, Eric Gonzalez had the tools to be good. He had the pop on his back, but he just could connect. So. so we talk about these players, and, like, it, look at the Pirates now. Before they caught up on O'Neal Cruz, they were starting Yoshi Tsutsugo, Kevin Newman, and Josh Van Meter in their infield. And you're telling me, like, Harold Ramirez would be – a godsend with the Pirates now. Like he could play anywhere too. He he's he's a utility player. He could play any position you really want him to play. I mean the Pirates. I'm trying to think who the the player that has the highest batting average. I think it's Brian Reynolds right now. When he's batting mm-hmm. 260, maybe 260, I think. Yeah, because it and was Hayes the, for a long time, yeah. and he passed up. Hayes is only batting 250s now. Yeah. And uh, Reynolds is also in the IL too, so like that's just that's a big bat that's gone too. So it's just I don't know, man. Harold Ramirez, uh, he looks he looks like he's carving out a nice career in the big leagues, honestly. So I'm happy for him. I wish he was in Pittsburgh, but we all know the theme of this show so far for the past hour or so we've been recording. Once these guys figure it out, it's usually not with the Pirates. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But I mean, you want me to finish off, or you want to go back to the draft and like some? Stuff? Um, yeah, we could, we could get, I could go to the draft and then we could finish off with the prospects. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, so 2009, I'll go back to 09. 
You had Tony Sanchez over Zach Wheeler, Mike and Mike Miner. Um, I will say, I mean, I don't want to say we're the only team that passed up on him, but Mike Trout was taken 25th that draft. So he was comp- he was a compensation pick for the Yankees signing Mark Deshera. Um, uh, 2010, Jamison Tyon over Manny Machado. Uh, Drew Pomerantz and Matt Harvey were in the trade, but I will say I think Tyon has had a better career than both, even though Harvey had the seasons with them. I will say Harvey for the Mets, though. Gotham Harvey was insane. And then Chris Sale was in that draft, too, but I'm not as hard on that one. Manny Machado obviously would have been, has had the better career than Tyon, but like you said, he's just unlucky. Talent-wise, I think he would have been great if he would have just – just take away one of the bad things that happened. One one season-ending injury, take away cancer, Take just take away one of those things, and I, I think he's far better. Um, And then Garrett Cole, 2011, no complaints there. Um, 2012, Mark Appel doesn't make his Major League debut until 10 years later. Uh, yeah, they took Appel, who didn't sign with the team, over uh, David Dahl, Addison Russell, Tyler Naguin, Lucas Giolito, Corey Seager, Michael Waka, Marcus Stroman. They were all in that draft. If you would have just taken, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure one of those players was assigned, but they decided to go with someone that didn't want to play there. So then uh, 2013, you had Reese McGuire over J.P. Crawford and Tim Anderson. Uh, and then Marco Gonzalez was 19th. Um, that one's not as bad. It still is, though, just because, like, they kind of got rid of Reese McGuire. You know, going to the Blue Jays, we talked about that. I uh, ended up being a good, um, good platoon player with uh, Danny Jansen in 2019, um, and then this year he's doing good in Chicago. Um, 2014, you have Cole Tucker over Matt Chapman, and then uh, that one's rough. Matt Chapman is, I think he might be a Gold Glove. He's a goal. He, he's already a multiple-time Gold Glove winner. Um, he's going to be a Gold Glove candidate his entire career. And then he had Michael Chavis, 26, which honestly we have him back now, so I'm not even going to say anything about that. But uh, <laughs> and then Luke Weaver after that, and then and he was 27th. Well, she's having a not that good of a year, but he was at least had a couple solid seasons for St. Louis and the Diamondbacks. So Cole Tucker is the odd man out there. Um, 2015, you have Kevin Newman over Walker Bueller. Newman was 19th. Bueller was 24th. Uh, The only thing I will say is Nick Plummer was drafted right before that from St. Louis. I'm pretty sure Plummer just debuted not too long ago. So a lot of teams packed up. Pass up on Walker Bueller. But we did get Key Brian Hayes, 32nd. He was a compensation pick from uh, the Blue Jays signing Russell Martin. So that was a pick because we lost Russell Martin. And then uh, 2016 was Will Craig. Um, not much to say there. Uh, was Are you sure about of, that? Yeah, there is. <laughs> um, you guys have seen that. <laughs> Javier. <laughs> sure. Yeah, there it is, actually. You've all seen the Javier Baez trade. Um, they ended up trading him over to, I think, the KBO or Japan. Um, but... He was taken 22nd. Eric Lauer is 25th. Will Smith, not the one who slapped Chris Rock, but the catcher, Will Smith from the Dodgers. He he was 32nd in that draft. Then Dakota Hudson, 34th. So they missed the mark there just by a little bit. Um, 
I'll just keep going. 2017, Shane Baz was traded, uh, taken, then traded the next season for Chris Archer. Travis Swaggerty was 2018, and then he had Quinn, P- Quinn Priester, 2019, Nick Gonzalez, 2020, uh, Henry Davis, 2021, and Tamar Johnson was this year. So, yeah. I, I will say this. I think Gonzalez, Henry Davis, and uh, Johnson, I think they'll all pan out, even Quinn Priester. Um, Swaggery, I need to see a little bit more of. Uh, he's had too many injuries, so I can't really judge yet. So, yeah. Why? Wait, so side question. Why is Swaggery not up? Why wouldn't you call him off? If Brian Reynolds is hurt, why wouldn't you call him up? I Hey, I, I cannot tell you, dude. They called up Cal Mitchell for it, I think. And they sent down Sawinski, too. Well, so here's the thing about Sawinski. So. That's, uh, yeah, I just think Sawinski, too. Like, he skipped triple A. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, he bypassed triple A. So maybe for a couple weeks, maybe Max get his head right. I'm not I really mad good. about that I think, one. I think it's actually good because, I mean, sometimes you just need to build some confidence up because baseball's a mental game. So. Oh, it is for sure. It's mm-hmm. very difficult, very difficult. But, yeah, you mentioned it with Henry Davis, uh, Nick Gonzalez, Quinn Priester as well. And I love me some Tamar Johnson. I think based off everything I read about him, he's going to be a legit hitter. Uh, the only concern, though, is, like, his size. Um, not very tall, but apparently his bat will generate the power, which, hey, love it. And uh, defensively, too, he wants to remain at shortstop, so – That'll be interesting because O'Neill Cruz is their starting shortstop right now. And, uh, you know, once Nick Gonzalez gets up here, too, and they uh, they call back up uh, Pagaro, too. I don't know about him. Yeah. yeah, so you'll have, you're going to have an interesting situation there with the infield. But to me, that's a great problem to have. And I think, you know, someone's going to get moved. I don't know who. Probably O'Neill Cruz. I think he'll get moved to first base from the outfielder. I do, I do think that will happen, probably. I think he's the guy to move, honestly. Yeah, I just don't see him. Uh, not that he's not capable. He's definitely capable of being shortstop. He has, a, he has like, a .3 uh, war defensively. So I, He's fine defensively. I just think, um, yeah, I, I just think when it comes down to it, I think um, Piguero, I think he's going to be a real solid shortstop. I think he might be the guy to put there. Or, I mean, I, I think Piguero and – Cruz would be a good option as your middle infield for now and then when John, before Johnson comes up. But, yeah, I mean, at least you have options there now. And then Nick Gonzalez, too. I think Nick Gonzalez is one of those players that could be one of those players that could be flexible, too, on what position he plays, just the way he plays. Yeah, no. Well, uh, is someone working out there? Like it's. Yeah. Uh, is your dad or brother? Dad, my father. Oh. Can you hear it the whole time? Yeah, I know. Like, I, I just started hearing it now. I just heard the clank, clank, clank. So mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I figured it was your someone lifting. That's why. No no big deal. I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're fine. Yeah, but um, I guess, like, to finish off, though, I'll kind of read off their top prospects from 2016 on. And, um, you know, we mentioned it, 2016, Glasto, Meadows, Bell, uh, Ramirez. 2017... Meadows, Glasnell, Bell, still their top prospects. But we have Mitch Keller, who's entered the fray now. Same with Kevin Newman. Mitch Keller, we all know. It's kind of an incomplete project right now. 
still figuring things out at the major league level. Certainly shown some promise, but he's also looked rough at times too. Kevin Newman, I'm pretty much out on him as a pirate. Uh, he had the one great year though, 2019. He I was he he's had so. some good abs since he's been back this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he's a backup, I wouldn't care, but um, I think he wants to start probably, and I just don't see that happening with the Pirates. Yeah, yeah, especially with yeah. no offense to him, but especially with Cruz, Piguero, and them all coming up, it's just yeah. But he's batting two seventy three right now, so he is. So you know, I can't take that away from him, I guess. But uh, twenty eighteen here, this is where at the point in time the Pirates farm system starts to dry up, and they need some uh, help. But uh, Mitch Keller and Austin Meadows pretty much uh, closing in on a major league status. 2019 and 2020, the Pirates had the same three prospects for both years. Mitch Keller, Keith Ryan Hayes, we've mentioned him before. We all know he's great defensively, but the offense, you know, uh, it's still, I think, a work in progress. We'll see how that pans out in the coming years. And then O'Neill Cruz, he finally enters the top 100 prospects list. Uh, we all know uh, he has the tools as well. Freak athlete. Rocket of an arm, the ball going off the bat, 100 miles per hour. We we get it, you know, still in the making potentially. Then 2021 and 2022. So 2021, Key Brian Hayes was their top prospect. O'Neill Cruz as well. And we have Nick Gonzalez finally and Quinn Priester back in the fray, entering the top 100 prospects. Both guys, I think, very promising careers. 2022, Pirates Farm System is beginning to uh, take some shape here. One of the better ones in all of baseball. Not me. That's what people say to the public. So, yeah, you got to trust them. O'Neal Cruz. Yeah. So far. Yeah. O'Neal Cruz, top prospect. Uh, He'll be graduating here pretty soon. Playing time. We all know how that works. Henry Davis will be their new top prospect. Their second best prospect currently. Nick Gonzalez, I mentioned. Peguero, we talked about it for a brief moment. Ronzi Contreras. Contreras, the pitcher, I think he has front of the rotation kind of stuff. He's kind of been like spotty here because like they just they just don't want to play him. Like I don't get that. Um, Mm -hmm. He he pitches he pitches well, and um, yeah, we're gonna send him down Triple A for a service timer. Whatever their reasoning is, I don't I don't know the true reasoning, but that's just a guess for me. But I think Ronzi, he's shown some serious promise. I think he'll be a very good starter at the worst in the major leagues. So excited to see where his career goes to. And uh, finally, Quinn Priester as well. Uh, Quinn Priester, uh, he's currently in Altoona right now. He's actually at, uh, doing good in Altoona. Oh, not Altoona, but Altoona. That's what happens when you talk for an hour and a freaking half. Anyway, uh, yeah, he's doing good in Altoona right now. I think he has like a 2.3 ERA there. So wouldn't be surprised if he gets triple-A and all towards the end of the year, maybe next year. And uh, he should be on his way up, too, as well in the future. And then we just talked about, too, Tamar Johnson. I expect him next year to be on this list. Um, number th- number four overall pick. So, you know, there's all the Pirates – 
we've we've pretty much for this better part of well over an hour now. <laughs> this might be our longest podcast ever. Like, I'm, I'm I'm agreeable with you. Yeah. But sure. oh boy. But we've seen the Pirates. They've made some really bad moves uh, with the draft, with trades, with player development, and they've also made some good ones every once in a while. So I guess the the overall theme, and to summarize the best I could do it, is that the Pirates, like any other team, have a lot of F-ups, but they also hit the occasional home run every once in a while and um yeah i think hopefully hopefully uh better better days are ahead i definitely do think they are um i just me being a fan i guess but i do like where they're headed and um yeah that's pretty much all i have to say about that uh, any final thoughts to uh, tony not really um i just um it, it, it's i think the people who have stayed this long. I've heard what they wanted to hear. Um, I think they know the point of the podcast is that the Pirates, for the most part, are pretty bad at drafting. There are some teams that aren't also good, like the Mariners have been great at drafting, Orioles. But, hey, this is, this is based in Pittsburgh, our podcast. So you get the Pirates. And, uh, you know, the Pirates will always be the Pirates. Um you know, and we all know past 30 years, 40 years haven't been great for the Pirates. But it makes great times like this where we could just dive in into the mediocrity of the franchise. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it's been a great podcast, though, Justin, and thank you. Absolutely, Tony. My pleasure. And before we sign off, I just remind our audience, our loyal listening audience, that you can find our show. If you stayed this Spotify. long, you're very loyal. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. But you can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find us. Just search The Rosetti and Stewart Podcast. For Tony Rosetti, I'm Justin Stewart. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Adios.